Friday is, of course, traditionally Nut Day here at Auto Expert. A fine time, therefore, perhaps, to canvas the proposition of buying a new BYD Atto 3 electric SUV and then stuffing the cargo space full of a gen set and endless jerry cans of petrol in order to hit the road and visit Dingo Piss Creek. I'm John Canogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars. Cheap, I do. Except Australia only, Northern Hemisphere dude. Website. Card. Now, I do have this creme de la creme of Friday special questions from a dude named Harry Smith from beautiful Seaford Meadows in South Australia. And Harry goes... <clears throat> G'day, John. Kudos, me boy, for all the info you relate to us deals and for the shit you deposit on those leeches that extort as much dollars... Apostrophe S... And sense as they can for their substandard bits of tin and plastic. I'm sensing Boomer. I don't know why. I only just started checking YouTube. I'm an old fart, you see. Yep. And haven't missed one of your videos since. I'm considering buying an EV, looking at the BYD when it arrives. <laughs> yes. Why not be a lab rat and a mad experiment, dude, at your age? But... The Minister for War and Finance. I fear he means his lovely wife, which is hardly very enlightened, is it? And I sometimes want to get away from the burbs and go to Dingo Shit Creek. <laughs> Wrong bodily function, dude. How would it flow? Dingo Shit Mountain, Dingo Shit Ridge, Dingo Shit Flat, but not Dingo Shit Creek. Never. But the charging could be a problem. Well, <laughs> you think? My cue is, what are the ifs, buts and whatever of using a portable gen set to charge the battery? Pure? Question mark. Sine wave? Question mark. Inverter type? Practicality? Question mark. Your comments? Question mark. Look forward to your input and thanks again for your efforts, Harry Smith, Seaford Meadows, SA. Well, Harry, I'd, I'd suggest... Um, be careful what you wish for, you know, looking forward to my input and thanks again for my efforts because you might get it. I mean, I did that. I, you know, I, I'd always wished for Tiffany and um, I got her, but I also ended up with five ex-wives, didn't I? Now, if you're not from around here and you've never been to Seaford Meadows in South Australia, I think we need to paint a little bit of a picture so that you've got the full context here. I mean, that's important. And... Um, we will get into the BYD Atto 3 and BYD generally, and then this proposition of carrying a friggin' generator and the inherent irony therein. Um, Seaford Meadows is about 30 kilometres south of a real Australian icon, our only living cemetery, Adelaide. Okay, so there's that. If you're not from around here and you're going to get on a plane, you've got to come to the cemetery. It's awesome. Every, once. But every time I visit the cemetery, I go, you know what? Home's not so bad. So there's that. It's uh, Seaford Meadows is a fair way away. It's almost not part of the cemetery, but it's really the gateway to uh, White's Valley, 
White's Valley and Chinaman's Gully. So it's an inclusive part of the world, therefore. Seaford Meadows is actually, uh, I think it was Rick Stein. Seaford Meadows was featured in that Rick Stein culinary uh, series recently, uh, Kebab Shops with Very Little Risk of Disease. I think it was there. So that's something to look forward to in a place like Seaford Meadows. There is obviously the shortest book on earth to read, you know, things to see and do in Seaford Meadows. But I would say that the railway depot is a dead set highlight there. It's one of the two things. Um, Just across the road from the council, what do they call it? The Council Field Operations Centre, which is a kind of grandiose name for a a dumping ground for all the shit they don't know what to do with just yet, okay? And the, the real beauty, I think, of the, the rail depot is the way that they've made it look like a medium security prison in the desert. That's really neatly integrated into the landscape like that. And the only thing that gives it away is the endless coils of razor wire on top of the fence. It, it really is something to behold, Seaford Meadows, it's great. But the real the real beauty, I think, of Harry's location, the way he's chosen it and this aspiration for BYD, is that Seaford Meadows is only 11 k's away from Sexyland at Morfitt Vale. I think it's Morfitt Vale. I don't want to misrepresent that. Yes, it is at Morfitt Vale. See, research is everything in this line of work. Now, it's close enough never to experience range anxiety, which is a real plus if you're thinking about making the step to EV, but also far enough, I think, so that when guests arrive, they don't automatically conclude that you're some kind of sick perv. That's quite important to get that balance, you know, just Goldilocks. And one can only imagine, you know, Matthew Flinders and Bungaree and Tom Thumb in about whatever it was, 1802, just rounding the the Cape there and having a look at Seaford and Seaford Meadows behind and then looking up on the hill 11 k's away and seeing that pillar of light erupting from Sexyland at Morfitt Vale, thinking, this really is paradise and how did they get here before us kind of thing. So this is where Harry's essentially, literally, coming from, okay? Now, BYD... (laughs) I've got to refer to my cheat notes about BYD, okay? The BYD at 03, the extended range one, I just went to their website and I priced it up, fully loaded, extended range jobby with the 60 kilowatt hour battery, right? It's got, it's about 50 grand fully loaded, okay? Driver weight sort of thing. 480 Ks, they say, but that's the NEDC standard, the new European driving style, and that comes down about 420 For the new one, the WLTP one, the World Harmonised Light, whatever, standard, the one that was not 25 years old, which was implemented in 2017 or something, instead of 1997, the last time the NEDC standard was updated. It's really important if you're buying an EV or considering one to, to really drill down into which one of those standards the range is attributable to, because the NEDC one is wildly optimistic and the WLTP one is still optimistic, but it's not ridiculously so, okay? So these are both from 
BYD's website, 480 on the NEDC one turns into 420 on the WLTP one. So that's a 60 kilometer difference. And that's like broad figures, 12% or something like that, isn't it? You know, that's a significant amount. And that's going to come down, I assume, to something like 300 kilometres in the real world with a load on board travelling at highway speeds. Okay, so that's kind of something to be aware of here. The range claims are likely to be wildly optimistic. And it is going to take rather a long time if you get 300 kilometres on the road to Dingo Shit Creek. You're going to have to stop for a long time to stick 60 kilowatt hours of electricity back into that battery, all right? If you just want to go to sexy land once a day, no problem, dude, overnight, happy days, okay? But there's a difference for this long distance commuting fantasy is what I'm kind of saying. And electric cars really aren't there yet unless that is your adventure, Okay, if your adventure is swimming against the tide and using an EV for something it's fundamentally shit at, then knock yourself out, dude. Have fun doing it. Put that gen set in the back. We're going to get to that. Now, BYD, okay? BYD is an experiment. They've got these vending machines, which they call experience centres. <coughs> They're really just shops, display cubicles, whatever. And there's only nine of them at the moment, right? There's three in Sydney, two in Queensland, one in Victoria, one in Western Australia, and one in South Australia, which is 40 kilometres from Harry. It's north and on the other side of the centre of the cemetery. Okay, so that's a bit of a long haul. One in Tasmania, total of nine, all right? And nobody knows anything about the vehicles themselves in the context of operational factors, reliability, uh, build quality, uh, all of that stuff, nature of support. We'll get to that in just a second, right? But at the moment, there's only nine places in the country where you can go and get your BYD. And they're happy to have you order now, click and order, put a $1,000 deposit on and hang around until March of next year and there's your BYD, allegedly. But we don't even know if they're going to be able to stump them up yet. We don't even know if the delivery process is going to be in train. And the delivery process of basically everything at the moment is fairly fucked. <coughs> I think you'd agree. So I'd want to see that working before I wanted to stump myself up and be a lab rat in the mad experiment of BYD success or failure, okay? So there's that. And then there's this, they've got these plans to grow more experience centres, but experience centres are not dealerships, all right? BYD is not going to field any dealerships for service and support, right? So instead, what they did was... They went to, do you remember Kmart Tire and Auto? Remember them? They'd been rebranded to My Car, and I suspect strongly that the real reason they did this rebranding from Kmart Tire and Auto to My Car was that they were so spectacularly shit at customer everything. It, they were a rip-off factory. In, that's my estimation. Anyway, that's what I saw all the time. Like, ethics fail after ethics fail after ethics fail. Like, if a car went up on a hoist, they had to find something totaling particular amounts 
before they would release that car to the customer, even if nothing was defective, right, kind of thing. There was plenty of evidence for that sort of bullshit going on all the time with Kmart Tire and Auto, and I have absolutely no time for them as an operation. I think they are unscrupulous and unethical and something to steer away from. And I suspect strongly that instead of fixing these ingrained cultural problems under the rubric of Kmart Tire and Auto, it was just easier to rebrand and hope nobody noticed. So there's that. And that's what BYD is using as an ersatz dealership network to service these vehicles. And also there's this warranty fiasco with BYD where the friggin' the driver's side door handle is covered for 12 months and 20,000 Ks, but the rear left passenger's door handle is three years and, you know, 60,000 Ks or something. Like, what I'm saying is their warranty is something that could only have been written in the former Soviet bureaucracy and approved, right? So... I want to see BYD up and running and Australians actually using them in a satisfactory way. And this, I must say, fairly crook sounding and looking support network for service and whatever, I want to see that functioning adequately before I get my 50 grand and put it down and go, yeah, buy now, two thumbs up, dude. Like, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. Let somebody else be the mad lab rat. This goes for all brands, like friggin' Polestar. Polestar is just nauseatingly self-righteous, electric Chinese Volvo kind of proposition. And all these people want to go, oh, I must have that. That's like an electric Mercedes-Benz from Sweden. Like, no, it's not. It's another one of these experiments that you need not stump up like you need not be part of the clinical trial with your cold hard cash that you've worked very hard for i'd say that for every one of these fledgling friggin car makers that before they develop critical mass it is a mistake to buy into the brand it just is because if it fails you've got a depreciation disaster that you can't really get fixed and it's probably also going to have all kinds of entrenched problems. No one's going to want it. And it's just going to be a disaster. Okay. That's the risk, right? Let somebody else shoulder the risk. And if the frowns all go upside down and it's the best thing since Jesus turned water into wine, then okay. Approved, dude. Buy it then. But don't buy it now because if it is a big spend for you, if 50 grand is a lot of money, then risk versus reward. Why don't you buy something more established? Now, on this concept of putting a gen set in the back of an electric car so that you can charge it up in a remote location, okay? Let's leave the inherent irony of that to one side, okay? Can you do it? Yeah, hypothetically, you can do it. But there is a lot of energy in the battery of an electric car. We're talking about 60 kilowatt hours of electricity. And you are going to need one of two things, rather a big gen set or rather a lot of time with a small gen set because that's how this works, okay? Now I looked at a 15 amp 230 volt 
gen set for about a thousand bucks, right? 15 amps at 230 volts is about three and a half kilowatts, and you'll get half a charge of your flat BYD Addo 3 extended range battery in about 10 hours with that setup, okay? And that's going to take a lot of petrol, like 26 litres of petrol for a full charge or 13 litres of petrol for half a charge, okay? And it strikes me that, let's do the maths on that. Half a charge, 13 litres of petrol, it's going to take 10 hours. It's going to cost you a 1000 bucks for the gen set, roughly. And then you're going to have to have a 15 amp Type 2 charger that you plug into the gen set and plug into the car. Then you're going to have to have 10 hours to do it. And that's going to give you about half a charge, which is about 150 kilometers of range. Okay, so 10 hours to charge and an hour and a half to drive 150 kilometers. That's 11 and a half hours to drive 150 kilometers. And it strikes me that, frankly, you could ride a push bike faster than that. And horses and carts would take you further than that in the time kind of thing. Okay, so it's a pretty ridiculous proposition. And the full charge scenario is no better. It's 26 litres of petrol that you need to carry. So that's two full jerry cans of petrol in the back of your electric shitbox. And, you know, it's 550 bucks just for the 15 amp charger. Like it's just a plug, a 15 amp plug with a deeper earth pin. You plug it into your 15 amp gen set and it's just a little box like this and a type two plug to go into the receptacle. And that's 550 plus a thousand bucks for your generator plus a couple of jerry cans plus the fuel. And it's really dangerous using petrol in the outback because the flash point of petrol is so low and it's so evaporative and so combustible as a vapor, right? You only need static electricity to set it off and you're a long way from the burns unit. So unless you've got actually some training and you're prepared to put sort of rigid safety practices in place, it's dangerous to fuck around with this stuff in the outback because it's a bloody long way to get dusted off to the nearest burns unit. Okay, and this is why I got no time for these stupid suggestions about fundamentally doing something that the vehicle's not designed to do. The fundamental proposition here, right, is that an EV is fantastic for the rail depot, Seaford Meadows, to Sexyland, Morford Vale, and back once a day if that is your want. And other trips of this nature, you know, hair and makeup, nails, salon, massage. Uh, clinic, places like that. Local running around is where they rock, okay? If you have this absolute aspiration that you are going to put into place and go well over the horizon, into the gaffer, en route to Dingo Piss Creek, then your electric vehicle is a fish out of water and you can't carry the water for the fucking fish in the cargo space in the form of a generator and endless friggin' jerrys full of petrol because it's inconvenient and dangerous, okay? The obvious solution to that proposition of, you know, dingo shit creek if you're Harry and dingo piss creek for the rest of us, Australia's mecca, get it right, is just buy an internal combustion SUV that's roughly the same size. And if you're going to do it a lot, then 
Make it a diesel, dude, because diesels are more fuel efficient, diesels more readily available in the outback, it gives you better range and all of that stuff. And if you're really just going to be going to sexy land mostly and occasionally to Dingo Piss Creek, then just get by on the petrol because it's not going to be too bad either. There are only two categories of people for whom this kind of proposition makes any sense. Category one, the Friday afternoon nut special, okay? This can seem like a fantastic idea if you never paid attention at school and haven't thought real hard about anything for your entire life. And number two is that sort of masochist EV evangelist who wants to tell the world that he's done it and that car rocked. For everyone else who just wants to do something efficiently using the right tool for the job, taking an EV to Dingo Piss Creek is absurd and it doesn't get any less ironically absurd with a Genset and Jerry's in the back.